0: To another magical Saturday stream. I am your host, Joe Magician. And you know what? We had so much fun the last two times. We're going to talk about the Blackwoods again. That's right, Blackwoods Part 3. That's what we're doing here. <laughs> With the last ones, we talked about the ancient history, we talked about the Age of Heroes, the coming of the Ironborn adjustments and then we got up to the age of the conqueror with aegon the conqueror the dance of the dragons so we're like almost almost to the main series when they actually show up on the page and as typical for me and maybe for george as well uh, i have managed to talk a lot about characters that have basically few to no lines of dialogue and exist only as bits and pieces of history (laughs) <laughs> so that's that's where we got going here. But yeah, today we're gonna be talking. Continue the where we were last time. We'll be talking about the Age of Aegon the Fourth, Bloodraven and Bittersteel dramas at turning. Let's see here, some very suspicious marriages handed out, partic- maybe by Bloodraven connections to the current Targaryens and Starks dramas. And then finally, I swear to God, well maybe we will get to the current timeline and perhaps perhaps talk about you know them in the books that we love what they've done on the page where they're going Potentially where they're going Potentially uh, what's going to happen to the winds of winter? Will Raven Tree Hall and the Dead Weirwood survive the winter? Or even whatever's going on in the Riverlands at the moment? Intent hint, Lady Stoneheart's revolution. That who knows what's going to go on there. So yeah, that's what we got going on. Part 11 billion. If only. Why isn't A Song of Ice and Fire just about the Blackwoods? That's what I want to know. Make it happen, George. If you're in the chat, make sure you uh, slam that like button and share and do all the things. Let people know you are having a good time today and as per usual get, we have more shirt codes and stuff to give away so see so here we have 35 likes so when we get to 100 we'll give away another one yes guilty undertaker will weirwood bloom again or has it already bloomed has it given out fruit as the stream title says i think it has i think they're the uh, the blackwoods are not quite as dead as their sigil says but we'll have to see in the future. I got a really good opening quote here. You guys will be excited. This is not from the world of ice and fire or from fire and blood. God help us. It's actually from the main books. This is after the battle at the camps and titles Blackwood rejoining Robb Stark. And it's a particularly poignant moment because it lets George tell us quite a lot about the Blackwoods very early on. So that you get a sense of the closeness between them and the northerners and particularly the starks a lot of stuff we've been talking about throughout the streams have been stuff that's written after the fact i mean if you look at the chronology of when george has actually written it hmm. fire and blood came much later as did the world of ice and fire a lot of the information actually comes from a dance with dragons or storm of swords that's when you know just blackwood and jamie talk along with Hoster blackwood blood raven shows up all this other kind of stuff also obviously the mystery knight and the rest of the dunk and egg series but here where it is right away this is a pretty good way of introducing and showing the closeness and hinting at things that george later expands this quote in particular is one of george's gardener seeds that he planted and later expanded quite a lot that's right aaron why isn't the series about the black? That's what I want to know. Please. Come on, guys. Should be. So here we go. She found Rob beneath the green canopy of leaves, surrounded by tall redwoods and great old elms, kneeling before the heart tree, a slender weirwood with a face, more sad than a fierce. His long sword was before him, the point thrust in the earth. His gloved hands clasped around the hilt. Oof, couldn't say that one. Around him, others knelt. Great John Umber, Rickard Karstark, Mage Warlock, Galbert Glover, and more, even Titus Blackwood was among them. The great raven cloak fanned out behind him. These are the ones who keep the old gods, she realized. She asked herself what gods she kept these days and could not find an answer. It would not do to disturb them at their prayers. The gods must have their due. Even cruel, God, even cruel gods who would take Ned from her and her lord father as well. So this is kind of what I'm talking about. Of among all the northern lords, among all the people that are running to Rob's side, the Blackwoods, stick out they're the ones that hide with his great raven cloak and he's sitting beside rob he's praying with him before the heart tree this is one of those things that just sort of makes you go like oh yeah there's something kind of weird about them there's a little there's something a little strange there's there's more to know here why aren't any other river lords doing this especially because this is very very long in the books so George is still using this as exposition. We later hear the story about the Blackwoods coming from the north and all that other kind of stuff. But this is a really good encapsulation, especially with where the Blackwoods may have fit in in the ancient north. That, uh, And we'll get to later how that may have worked out. Didn't Aegon V marry a Blackwood? He sure did. We're gonna get to that. The Prince of Dragon fi- Flies? Flies, there we go. Actually, I can't really read it on the screen. I have to go to the chat. That's kind of weird. So we're gonna pick up sort of where we left off after the dance of the dragons things kind of um died down for the blackwoods the high drama of ben and red rob rivers and black alley kind of goes away with the end of the war if you remember we talked about black alley she married cregan stark and she has four children and that's kind of the last we hear about black alley she kind of disappears into history into the north what we do know about her is that her four daughters Alice, Sarah, Raya, and Mariah. Fun note, Raya is, uh, George's assistant, Raya Gold. Curious about that one. But this is kind of curious. I had talked about previously how the Starks and the Blackwoods are related. They are but not through this direct line. We don't know what happened to these four daughters. George often does not keep track of female lines in his in his family trees. They sort of go by the wayside, so who really knows what happened to them. It's something he could develop later if he wanted to. They perhaps could show up in the She-Wolves of Winterfell. By the way, this whole scenario after Cregan is the giant mess that the She-Wolves of Winterfell is likely going to be about. Because, yeah, the... Cregan has three marriages he has tons of kids and a few of them die in unfavorable times so you end up with a big power struggle and within winterfell the children of the different wives that he had and all the different marriages and the alliances that they made all fighting over winterfell kind of a fun meta thing but yeah that's they very well could be alive during the she-wolves it would be kind of interesting to see them we also look at benjakot blackwood he largely does not continue being a, a major. Well, he's no longer like a primary focus of the story anymore. He sort of goes back to just being the Lord of Blackwood. His main thing that he does with the rest of his life is he takes part in an Aaron's civil war, which he largely wins single-handedly because of his, his prowess from the dance of the, Dragon. that's, that's kind of interesting. Being a war hero and a major factor in the dance of the dragons though does give him Does lend his uh, his opinion and his his influence has kind of an outsized uh, effect on the royal court. Most of the time, people don't care what the Blackwoods think about what's going on in King's Landing, but Benjikot has enough credibility and panache about him i guess with his raven feather cloak that uh, people end up caring about him he's one of the people that goes hey Unwin peak not yes uh, i agree guilty undertaker we're going to talk about Beth a lot more i think she will probably have a central part and then yeah uh, village here i talked about it in a previous stream i think when we were talking about like where's dunkin egg going in the future whatever to get to that we can also assume that during this time frame the blackwoods as this tradition use their being on the right side of the winning war to take back territory from the defeated brackens you know the mills and the hills and all the other crap that they fight over over and over and over again they change sides for so many times whenever one side wins that's what they do they take back some of the disputed lands as it were Hey, disputed lands <laughs> hey happy masquerader uh glad to have you too Unwin peak worse than Otto high tower or the same level suck unwin is high up there in shithead levels yeah auto high tower is maybe like his hero if we say it that way He's even more blatant about what he's doing. So that's kind of the end of the Dance of the Dragons. Not a lot happens at the end of it. Again, it's Benjikot living on his life. Back, Black Alley has a bunch of kids and dies, unfortunately. It'd be cool if she was still alive during She-Wolves, but it's probably outside the time frame. Her, she, her daughters were definitely in play, though. So we move forward a bit to the reign of Viserys II. This is the brother of Aegon III, who, quote-unquote, I guess, wins the dance of the dragons did anybody win sort of not really but Aegon the uh, third son of Rhaenyra is the one that ends up winning and he has a few kids and they don't last obviously you have Garon the young dragon who goes to Dorne and dies good job by him you have Baylor the blessed totally cracked in the head has no kids so the throne then passes to this Vys- as the you know, math of family trees ends up working. Unwin is truly not cool. Why is his name Yeah, it's 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 like they na- it's like his parents named him to be a villain. It's it's weird. It's not even really a take on Taiwan. Why would you go from Tai to Un? Unwin ever step on a rig, yes, completely. Over and over and over again. His reign of hand of the king was nothing but rakes to the forehead, because he sucks. And killing children because way to go on one. So, where this gets back to the Blackwoods, we're, we'll get there. It's going to be a little bit of a, a journey to get here, but it's important for understanding the context as we're getting into Aegon the Fourth. So, obviously, Viserys has his oldest son, a, woman- a womanizing shithead named Aegon, who we talked about previously with Damon Blackfire, the Aegon, Aegon the Fourth, Aegon the Unworthy. His younger brother, obviously, Damon the Dragonmite, who's in love with their sister Neris but Viserys forces Aegon and Nerys to marry instead. This causes a whole kerfuffle between the two of them, and Aemon be- joins the King's Guard. Aegon marries Nerys, nobody's happy, everyone's crying and fighting, and it all sucks. Way to go, Viserys. Really did a great job on that one. So we sort of haven't talked about this a lot. It sort of came up during, during the Day of Blackfire stream, but we sort of have to talk about the the maiden vault now, the un- uncool invention of Baylor to Bless it. So during the reign of Baylor I, Baylor had become convinced that great harm would come to the world if any of his sisters, Dana, Reyna, or Lena, had children, and especially with him. He wanted no children. He had seen in the flames or the prophecy or read it somewhere that, you know, terrible death and loss would come from any union. I mean, it turns out he was right. Kind of does happen that way. Although it's kind of a chicken and an egg situation there. So, Baylor's really cracked. A solution is he cra- is he uh locked them away in what he called the Maiden Vault. It was kind of like a courtly prison, I guess, in the Red Keep near the Royal Sept. When I say it's a it's a courtly prison, it's not like they were thrown into the black cells or anything. They weren't thrown into the dungeons. It was more like house arrest. They weren't allowed to leave the Maiden Vault, essentially, but it's still within the Red Keep. They still are treated like nobility. They're just not allowed to go anywhere. It sucks. It's terrible, but it's also not as bad as it could be. Like if Megor the Cruel wanted a Maiden Vault, he wouldn't bother with giving them a noble lifestyle. They would just be in the black cells or dead. So I don't know. Still not great, but it could be a lot worse, I suppose. Um, very bad. Very, very, very bad solution here. So, yeah, they weren't allowed to leave, but they were allowed to have visitors. But in particular, they had to be basically only women. Thus, during this time frame became a great opportunity for many of the lords in Westeros. They all noticed that I'm guessing these princesses need ladies-in-waiting or they need companions. So they all tried to send their daughters to hang out with Dana, Reyna, and Elena. The other opportunity is, of course, they mostly wanted to send them to the court and have a reason to do it. And this is a convenient excuse, basically, to uh, meet the princes, to meet the rest of the royal family, maybe get something going. At you know, lords are wont to do this, unfortunately. And knowing what we know about Aegon the Fourth, Aegon the Unworthy, who in chat wants to guess how bad an idea it is to have. All the eligible daughters in the realm in one place near him and the red keep. How bad is is it an idea is this, you guys? Like, what can possibly go wrong? You just have tons of daughters, most of them pretty attractive, all of them single, all of them around Aegon the Fourth, or who would become Aegon the Fourth. Anybody foresee any issues here? I don't know. Maybe it's just me. Maybe I don't know. <laughs> oh, I'm sorry. I, I forgot to say thank you, uh Danny McKay, for the uh super chats. He sent two of them earlier, and also fifty dollars from Morally. Lee. Morally Lee coming through in the clutch, just to show love, appreciation, and support. You are the best. No, thank you, Mora. Yeah, super bad, very bad. It goes terribly. It also doesn't stop anything. As Grey Waste Tim says, Aegon does not respect the Maiden Vault. He he ignores the fact that no men are supposed to be around them. That that applies to other people. So yes, the terrible, terrible idea. Young Aegon Tree, this is a challenge to, I guess, make the eight or more among all the ladies-in-waiting to the Maiden Vault. And it eventually became a thing where lords were sending their daughters to the Red Keep, not because they wanted them to hang out particularly with the the princesses, but they wanted them to be around Aegon because word got around that he was nailing everybody's daughter and they were hoping for royal bastards or royal marriage, maybe down the line. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it's a thing that continued into Aegon's reign. We talked about that during the Daemon stream, that lords continued this practice well into later in his life, that they would invite him around, put him in proximity to their their teenage daughters and just sort of say, nail the king, we'll get something good out of it. Started early. Uh, are the Starks and Blackwoods re- related? Yes, they are. Yeah, and as I was saying, and this includes the ladies in the Maiden Vault, nor- notably Dana was impregnated by Daemon, I mean by Aegon leading to Dame in Blackfire, but late in the reign of Baylor the First, someone in particular is sent to the Maiden Vault in order, it seems specifically, to try and entice Aegon, and that is of course Barba Bracken, or quote unquote the buxom Barba Bracken. She is quite curvy, thick as it were. Yeah. She was sent there to seduce Aegon, and it apparently worked. Lord Bracken, in particular, was interested in a lot of stuff. Now, again, this is, we're going to get to the Blackwoods, but this is important context. We need to get through this to get to why it matters. So they're about to show back up into the story. Barba and Aegon hit it off. Even as he marries his sister, Nerys, in a sense, to the throne, Aegon is basically treating Barba as his other wife, his paramour, his main mistress. And openly doing it too. He's not sneaking around anymore. Like, he's basically ignoring Nerus when he can, pissing off, obviously, Baseres, pissing off, pissing off Aim the Dragon Knight, all this other stuff. And I really blame Aegon. Yes, I can. I can blame Aegon. It's a very dumb idea. <laughs> Lord Bracken making himself a budget auto high tower on the right path. Oh, so we're about to get to there. So the way to Aegon's power is through his through his lower dragon, I would say. And the Brackens take advantage of this. Barba uses her influence over Aegon as his primary, his main squeeze, as it were, to make sure that Lord Bracken has a lot of influence over Aegon. And this becomes a problem. Obviously, when Aegon takes the Iron Throne, Viserys II dies, Aegon rises to become king, he needs a Hand of the King, who does he choose? Well, obviously, that cool guy, Lord Bracken, with his awesome daughter, duh, who else would he name Hand of the King? Because that's how Aegon thinks. You can see the problems here already. If you're anybody else in the realm, you're probably thinking, wow, Lord Bracken's probably going to try and kill Neris and Daron and then marry Aegon to Barba because he likes Barba and he does short-sighted immoral things all the time. So this this may be something he would be down for, especially with Viserys dead. Nobody's around to stop him anymore. It's basically just aiming the Dragon Knight that he worries about. So at this point, Daron First is already born or who would become Daron but Naris nearly dies giving birth to twins she almost nearly died giving birth to daron and aegon seemingly is trying to impregnate her into the grave that he does not care that childbirth and Naris do not agree it may be that he's literally trying to kill her he does this kind of stuff all the time he's just a total shithead about it and after the twins it happens again basically Naris is on her deathbed nobody thinks she's going to survive um seems almost certain she is but a little bit convenient that maybe naris will die in childbirth to these twins twins who don't make it anyway because aegon and lord bracken and barba all have a vested interest in naris dying M- maybe it's not directly trying to kill her but maybe you know botched medical care or or not doing everything they can to try and save her yeah and as this is happening we get the story of what's going on as the discount auto Tower lord bracken does he tries to convince aegon that you know if narrows dies don't you think you should marry barba you guys make such a great couple you guys love each other you're young you look great together you have this bastard son Aegor. he seems really cool like, maybe mean, you should just tie the knot after Nerys dies and pregnate to the grace. The phrase I've not heard before, I find very succinct in idea transference. I think that's basically what was going on. It's implied that Aegon did not care about a- uh, Nerys, did not care about her well-being, and would have been we- would have been happy to get rid of her. So why doesn't he just get rid of her? Well, he has a son, Daron, but more importantly than that, his brother, Aemon the Dragon Knight. Basically, it's heavily implied that Nerus' true love is Aemon, who's... I don't think he's Lord of the Kingsguard at this point, but he does eventually. And it's again, it's very heavily implied that Aegon knows if anything bad happens to Nera that seems like it could have been murder or him trying to kill her, that he would probably end up with his head on the floor with Aegon with Aemon standing over him with Dark Sister that anything happens to her or Daron, Aegon's toast, and he knows it, and he's a coward, so he's not really willing to push it that hard. So, that's the plan here. The plan is, Nerys, if Neris dies, Lord Bracken wants to marry Barba and Aegon, and then probably legitimize Aegor, and then, presumably, at some point, he would have killed Daron in order to make sure that Aegor becomes king. Plot twist, naris doesn't die. And not only that, this whole story comes to light. Who had this story come to light? A good question for another day. You may have a hint about it. We're about to talk about it. Damon, I mean Daron and Aemon blow up the scandal, it becomes all everybody's talking about at court. And it gets to the point where Aegon actually starts worrying about his future as king, where he's like, Oh shit, this is actually a lot worse than I thought. I need to hold on to my kingship more than I need to hold on to Barbara Bracken. So his solution is in keeping with Baylor's bad decisions, since he says, all right, Lord Bracken, no longer Hand of the King, Barba, we're breaking up. Also, get out of King's Landing now. And that's basically what happens. He throws them out. They have to all go back to Stonehenge, along with Agor, young Agor Rivers, his bastard son, and basically cannot see them again. Or else, again, heavily implied that Aemon Dragon Knight would have pulled a Kristen Cole on his ass. Didn't one survive? They may have. Aegon, Nerys, and Aemon are... Or- really warped version of Arthur, Guinevere, and Lancelot, absolutely, totally agree, I'm sure Lady Gwyn would have a lot to say about that. So, this is where the Blackwoods come back into the story, this is why we told, why I went through and told that whole little thing. The Blackwoods obviously could not fail to notice that their chief rivals, all of a sudden, out of nowhere, became hand of the king and his daughter barba has a bastard child with the new king and it's looking like if anything happens to Neris, barba's up next for queen so you can imagine alarm bells are going off all over raventree hall and blackwood and blackwood vale sorry about that they're going like this sucks we can't let this happen we shouldn't let this happen if the brackens take over the royal court and aegon sucks he might let them do it we could lose everything and they're probably right about that our game name rhyming is annoying it is when you're trying to say say a bunch of them fast <laughs> so it could and probably did lead in the short time that lord bracken was handed the king to quite a lot of abuses you can imagine there were land grabs you can imagine that he was giving wealth and jobs to his family uh, you can imagine that he took the opportunity to fuck over the blackwoods at every chance and Aegon is capricious enough that he probably would have agreed to it. I mean, we know that he literally gives away dragon eggs for nothing, basically. He later gives away other stuff just because it amuses him. So, yeah, not great. So, you're the Blackwoods. You're staring this down. You're like, Barbar Bracken, Aegor, and Lord Bracken are poised to make our lives miserable for the next however, especially if this kid Aegor becomes king. Like, we're fucked. We're absolutely screwed. So what do they do? Do they go to war with the Iron Throne? Do they marshal their troops and build an alliance? Do they go fight the Brackens over Blackwood Vale? Do they have another little civil war, which may draw on the Iron Throne? No, the Blackwoods don't do any of this. Instead, what they do is they send their beautiful daughter, Melissa, aka Missy Blackwood, to court. You can see where this is going. It's a clever choice. Not necessarily an awesome choice, but it, it's the kind of thing you can imagine Bloodraven doing. And yeah, Barba's been sent away, so Aegon is still hates Daenerys, he's still pretty slutty, he still makes a lot of bad decisions, and all of a sudden out of nowhere this new vision of beauty, Melissa Blackwood shows up, and the idea is perhaps that she will catch Aegon's eye, and it 100% totally works. They managed to go straight from Barbara Bracken to Melissa Blackwood. Melissa herself seems to be just like an awesome kind of person. Uh, she's a well-loved figure at court. She's known for being extremely kind. She's generous with her time and affections. She's modest, a very loving person, and overall just seems to be like a great person. Everybody at the court liked Missy. Not everyone liked Barbara. That's sort of uh there's a big rivalry going on between these two characters. And this includes Aegon. He becomes instantly smitten with Melissa. Blackwood takes her as his new mistress, his new pseudo queen, or whatever you want to call it, to fill the void that Barba left behind. And, you know, it's more than just that she takes her, she takes their place at court, basically. But it's that Barba and Aegor and her, and her father are all forced to leave court entirely. They have to leave it behind. They have to cut ties. And directly in their place, the Blackwoods jump in. Yeah, Elliot Rubinfeld says even the Queen liked her. Yeah, Neris was a big fan of Melissa. She was not trying to take her place. She was not trying to Cersei it, I guess would be the, the phrase for it. She's just a good person. And yeah, Missy's biggest faults taste. tasting. Yeah, that's fair. Or her... You know, potentially what her father made her do it's kind of unclear what her role in this was because it's no longer a maiden fault so that she got sent to court is likely intentional i'm sure the blackwoods talked about it ahead of time it worked out very much in their favor so i wouldn't be shocked here shockingly the brackens do not take this turn of events well and her barbos young son agor becomes extremely bitter over this that he's been thrown out of his home the only place he's ever known his mother too they're disgraced and, not only that, but he's being rejected by his father. His father, turns out, is a total piece of crap, but it doesn't stop him from wanting the affections of Aegon. As most children do, they, they like their fathers, or they want to like their fathers. Being separated from him, and the lifestyle, and everything he knows, all of his friends, you can imagine, very much made young Aegor a very angry young man. We'll get back to that in a little bit. So. Melissa stays at court as Aegon's preferred wife paramour thing for five whole years. This isn't a passing fancy. Melissa and Aegon are like legitimately an item. This is like a long-term thing. And not only that, Melissa gives Aegon three children in that time. So we have the two daughters, the, we have Mia and Gwyneth Rivers, and then of course one son uh, named Brendan, I don't know if you guys have heard of him. May have talked about him a few times, you know. He's an albino, has a wine stained birthmark on his face that kind of looks like a raven. Yeah. He's come up a few times on my channel. Kind of an important character, I guess. Yeah, <laughs> that Bloodraven. How old was he when he had to leave court? Pretty young. Agor, I think, is the oldest of a great bastard, as it were. He's definitely older than Blood Raven. I think he's older than Damon, but maybe not. I forget which which order it exactly is. But yeah. So yeah, Bloodraven shows up. This is his origin story. The Blackwoods through through Missy Blackwood. It is possible that the Blackwoods were hoping for the same thing from Aegon. That they were hoping at some point that maybe Neris would bite it, and that Aegon, in his impulsiveness and stupid decisions, would marry Missy instead. They they tend to be more tricky about their plans. The Brackens are much more blunt objects. The the Blackwoods are a bit more cautious about what they do, so. If they were planning this, nobody would know because that's kind of their thing. Sounds like the Mad King. He didn't care his wife was having complications with childbirth. Correct. Aerys II also did not give a shit about his wife. He also had another woman he wanted to marry that was Joanna Lannister. So, yeah, cut from the same cloth. Both very bad people. I wouldn't be shocked, yeah, if the Blackwoods had a plan to do this, though. If they were, like, hoping that Melissa might become queen, and perhaps Bloodraven afterwards, if something could be done about Daron. Although I doubt Bloodraven would be up for that plan, he had many opportunities to seize the throne and never did. So whatever the intentions of Lord Blackwood may have been, it doesn't seem like uh, that got passed on to young Brendan. So even if that's not true, the, Br- the Brackens clearly see it that way. They're like, oh shit, what if we, what if we wanted, What if what we wanted to happen with Barba happens with Melissa? We'll be screwed. Oh, my God. We have to do something about this. What are we going to do? Oh, yeah. Because the Brackens are the worst and are comically the worst in almost all situations. They decide they will grab another member of House Bracken, young Bethany, and basically train her to be an Aegon-seeking sex missile. I am saying that a little, little over the top, but that's basically how it's described. Barba and Lord Bracken basically take Bethany and say, We're gonna make you everything Aegon the Fourth wants. We're gonna make Melissa look like nothing, because you're gonna have the inside track on how to get his attention. And they basically just train her to do that. She's like a secret agent sent to screw Aegon. It's extremely, extremely not great, especially because she's pretty young. But then again, it's Aegon, so he doesn't care who he screws. Oh, yes, yeah, so slam the like button, you guys. We got 62 likes at the moment. We get up to 100. We're going to be giving away another t shirt and stuff like that. So, yeah, slam that like button if you could. It also helps the channel quite a bit, making sure people see these because the algorithm is a capricious dick. And that's what ends up happening. Aegon is completely taken by this young Bethany Bracken sets aside Melissa and takes up a new paramour. He does this a lot. Everyone thinks they have gotten the final say on Aegon, that they're the ones that convinced him to stick around for the long term with their, with a new girl. But that's basically not what he does. He basically just wants somebody to have lots and lots of sex with, and he wants none of the responsibility for what happens afterwards. He more or less abandons the kids afterwards. It's actually a pretty noticeable pattern that, like, as soon as the kids stop being infants and they start, like, becoming humans, he's like, I'm done with them. I don't. I don't actually want to be their father. I just want to screw their mothers. Because again, Aegon, tremendous dick, and unfortunately, it works. He is such, so easily swayed that he completely throws away this marriage of five years and the three kids he has with Melissa and takes up with Bethany. But what's different, and one thing that probably made Bittersteel quite upset, and actually, we for sure know he did, is that Bloodraven and Melissa are not forced to leave court in disgrace. It wasn't a scandal that she got set aside it was it wasn't somebody trying to seize the throne and not something they weren't trying to you know kill the queen potentially and replace her and overthrow the crown prince aegon basically just broke up with him with uh her and her kids and because everyone loves missy because she was an awesome person by all accounts her good nature and personality gives her children quite a lot of goodwill, and they're allowed to stay at court basically as long as they want which we don't really know what happened to Mia and Gwyneth. This is another thing where, again, female characters, female lines just disappear from the narrative into nothing. So who knows what happened there? Blood Raven is the only one we know that takes advantage of this. And a lot of his ability to go places at court and his ability to give himself opportunities to have an important life are largely because of Missy. And obviously he's a kind of like a genius level character. He's very much a spy mastery sort of person. So ends up proving his worth but it's largely melissa that lets him stick around otherwise aegon tends to uh, ignore his bastards like they don't exist it's a little bit it's a lot like robert baratheon where you know he liked me a stone when she was a baby and he could play with her he doesn't like her so much now that she is a grown-up woman in the veil who has wants and needs and perhaps need a father that's what he's interested in <laughs> are you sure missy is more than happy enough to sleep with aegon the fifth or the fourth anymore quite possible we don't know much about melissa blackwood unfortunately we're gonna get to that in a little bit but we basically just know that she was awesome Aegon liked her and everyone else liked her and that's kind of it that's that's where what we know about melissa blackwood ends maybe if there's like a successor show or something maybe blood raven will talk about her more in the future but that, that's kind of it so we're gonna get to now the thing everyone wants to talk about the thing everyone's interested in i know all of you are let's talk about the teats. Let's talk about some boobs. That's what we're doing. Let's talk about famous boobs in A Song of Ice and Fire. I can't believe this is a plot point. George, everyone knows that you are a boob man, and you made it clear by making two women's boobs the major focus of a rivalry between two gigantically powerful houses in the Riverlands. And like a continued plot point that continues to this day. That's right. We're talking about the (laughs) teats. Got here just in time, Sarah. Yeah, good timing on that one. Right as we're getting to it. So this is... Kind of like a microcosm that's pretty instructive for the rivalry between the Blackwoods and the Brackens, and how very stupid shit causes it to escalate out of nowhere. This is one of them when Barba Bracken was Aegon's mistress, they are traveling through the riverlands, particularly the Bracken lands, and they came across the two hills slash mountains. I think they're just hills. I don't think there are any mountains, in the riverland's known as the mother's Teats because <laughs> boobs in geography, yep, 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 <laughs> yeah. The teats are the mother's teats they are two matching hills in the Riverlands. Likely the mother's name came after the Andal invasion because it would be silly for first men to name these hills after the Andal god the mother. So it's likely that the Teets was the was the originally the Blackwood name for them as first men and sticking on with the old gods whereas the mother's Teets would probably have been the name of the Brackens for them. Yeah, you know, okay, so why are we talking about two hills named after boobs? Why are we doing this? Why is this an important part? <laughs> it's a it's a matching set of hills that sits between the Blackwood and Bracken And in between the two hills is of course the vale the village of Pennytree, which you may remember from Duncan Egg, the infamous village that Arlen Pennytree Dunk's knight father figure is from. Jamie also visits it during the uh, Dance with Dragons. This is probably where the village hero may take place so why this comes up is aegon being a totally cool and normal dude looks at these two hills looks over at barbara bracken who is a fan of her large boobs and says you know what those are those are as big as yours barba god damn it Aegon. we should call those not the mother's teats we should call them barbas and because he's a king that's what happens People start calling them and particularly the Brackens are like, yeah, we're proud of Barba having big teeth, So we're definitely going to name the call those hills that forever because that's a normal thing to do. Turns out the IV is basically as the sense of humor as a teenager, like a horny teenage boy. Never really got past that point. <laughs> So it, it's, they kind of are an important set of hills. They have seen plenty of battles, and they're highly prized as defensive locations between the Blackwoods and the Brackens, like strategically. And during the reign of Aegon IV, they belong to the Brackens possibly taken by hand of the king Lord Bracken as a land grab, but you never know. So this story continues. This is not the end of it. Oh God. After Barbara got removed from court, she made a comment that Melissa Blackwood was not as well endowed as herself in the boob department. That Melissa was as flat as a teenage boy, and this is this is some mean girl level insults I bet being thrown around. She's not good enough to be Aegon's mistress. She doesn't have a good set of these. That's what we're supposed to understand Barba said. Now this story apparently gets repeated to Aegon, who takes offense to it because he broke up with Barbin and says, you know what? Those are no longer Barba's teats. Those are Missy's teats. I hope I'm giving this the correct gravitas it deserves. But Aegon goes even further than that because Aegon's a shithead. He doesn't just rename them, officially rename them. This is now a royal decree. This isn't an offhanded joke. He also takes the land from the Brackens and gives it to the Blackwoods. Says, you don't own those anymore because I don't like your joke. Get wrecked. You don't deserve it. The Blackwoods own them now. That's pretty insane. That's an insane thing to do. (laughs) Like, truly, this is nutty that Aegon did this. Insane. Truly insane. This is the kind of thing you'd hear out of like, I don't even know, it, it's it's very, very stupid. This is like something a Crusader Kings player would do. And if I was the Brackens in this situation, I'd be pretty furious. The casual way that Aegon just removed important parts of your lands and gave them to your hated enemies because of a stupid like insult that Barbara Bracken may have said, who even knows? That's, that's ridiculous. And it's kind of a hallmark of Aegon's shitty rule. And it's this stupid, actually, <laughs> high school cafeteria levels of intrigue, yeah, because of this stupid high school cafeteria level of intrigue about which of Aegon's mistresses has larger teats, the bubbling conflict between the Brackens and the Blackwoods is back on the table. It's on again. And it really has very little to do with the Blackwoods themselves. They didn't make Aegon do this. I mean, we we assume they didn't. Who knows? Maybe they ha maybe Missy was like giving him the elbow, like, you know what, you should take them from them. They're mean. But this seems totally in line with Aegon's level of lack of care for his rule and his total inability to judge what's an acceptable thing to do as a king. He re this rivalry and what takes what had been basically drama and makes it real because now they've lost these two important hills thanks Aegon. <laughs> i'm sorry aaron you had to approve so many posts yeah yeah about that My- and this this whole stupid thing about who has bigger boobs continues to escalate it becomes a real thing as we were talking about bittersteel grew up hating Bloodraven. obviously this rivalry between barba and missy carried over to their sons and bittersteel s- saw Aegon's affection for Bloodraven and Missy even after Missy got dumped as something that was denied from him that Aegor could never get that he was the forgotten bastard son whereas Bloodraven and Daemon were the favored sons they are the ones that Aegon kept around he they're the ones that he let be around court they're the ones that he seemingly would rather be his sons than Daron or Aegor and again to even go further on this it's not just that aegon goes back to another bracken girl he goes back to a different bracken girl he doesn't go back to barba he goes to bethany a, a different teenage girl so you can imagine that aegor continued to see this as just a personal rejection of himself via his mother why didn't you come back to mom you guys were great together we were happy once that kind of thing all of this is kind of distilling in aegor river's mind and he takes out this anger and the resentment at aegon the Fourth. At mostly Blood Raven, but also the Blackwoods and the Blackwoods in general. Remember, during most of this time, Agor is not at court. He's back at Stonehenge. So he's living through all the stupid drama between the Blackwoods and the Brackens. Hmm. Yeah. You can imagine how he kind of thought about it. You know, Melissa was sent to hurt me, hurt, sent to hurt Barba. Look, he gave away these hills for no reason because of a stupid joke. Blood Raven can stay at court, but we're punished. We have to stay away. It's an easy narrative to write about how Agar Rivers became an angry young man that carried on the rest of his life and how it became bitter steel. You know, it's it's Aegon's poor parenting and in a tent, literally lack of parenting, essentially throwing the kid to throwing the kid away like he didn't want him anymore. But <laughs> in this personal rivalry about which teenagers a lecherous shithead wanted to fuck and his casual stripping away and giving away of lands follows these two half brothers for the rest of their lives, even to the current time frame. Raven's still thinking about Bittersteel, and it all goes back to who Aegon the Fourth would be preferring to plow. Great stuff, although it's kind of, again, instructive of how petty the rivalry is between the two houses. It's largely over very little. So, getting back to the Brackens, I mean, the, Black, the Blackwoods themes, Like, what was Raven's relationship to the rest of the Blackwoods? Because, obviously, he excels. We've done, I think, two streams about Bloodraven in particular. We're well acquainted with him. He becomes Hand of the King. He leads the Loyalist faction in the Dance of the Dragons. He effectively rules over the realm, especially after Daron's death. I think it's with King Joe Harris, um, who's basically an absent king, and Bloodraven's ruling in his stead. So that's largely his Targaryen side, but what about his Blackwood side? What's going on here? So we don't hear much about Bloodraven ever visiting Raven Tree Hall, Blackwood Vale, or really much about his family other than his Targaryen side. This part of his life is off-page, and you kind of have to imagine a lot of it or construct it from different sources. As I said, Gwyneth and Mia Rivers disappear from history. No idea what happened to them. Maybe George will do something with them one day, but probably not. He tends to let these lingering female characters just, they just don't do anything. He doesn't do anything with them. In terms of his relationship to Melissa Blackwood, Bloodraven speaks about her basically only once, and it's to Bran. And as far as I could tell, he doesn't say anything about her during his time as Maynard Plum in the Mystery Night. This is the one quote that we hear about Mosa Blackwood. The last green seer, the singers called him, but in Bran's dreams he was still the three eyed crow. When Mira Reed had asked him his true name, he made a ghastly sound that might have been a chuckle. I wore many names when I was quick, but even I once had, and the name she gave me at her breast was Brynden. That's kind of it. That's the, the, that's the total amount that Brynden Rivers talks about his mother. So it's kind of a big question mark. You can, so we're going to do here is we're going to try and fill in the blanks here. During Bloodraven's time as Hand of the King, as being the effective King of Westeros, what was going on with the Blackwoods in the background? And there are some hints that he was a lot closer to his Blackwood roots than many realize that he was he didn't just define himself as brendan rivers son of aegon that he did take measures to make sure that he was at least in contact with the rest of the blackwoods and doing things for them Most the blackwood people naming themselves after characters gotta love it i would assume that blueberry and sisters made good marriages after they're legitimized could have been no idea what happened to them george has no information so Never know. We barely know anything about Aegon's sisters either. Aegon the Fifth's sisters. They just kind of disappear. Oh, lost my place. Oh no, I lost my... Oh my god. Okay. Okay. We, I can get back to this. Okay. So, so first of all, one thing to keep in mind is that Bran and Bloodraven as characters shamed, share many similarities in their early lives. History of Westeros and uh, disputed Lands, aka Amanda, Crowfood's daughter, released a video talking about Bran the Builder, and it was really good. You guys should definitely go listen to that. If somebody could throw it in the chat. That'd be great. But they talked a lot about how similar Bloodraven is to Bran the Builder, and also this brand so one thing is obviously that their names are pretty similar they have the same root brendan and brandon are two letters off and they have the same like phonetic root to them makes a lot of sense they're both linked with the weirwoods they're they both of them enjoyed climbing and overhearing things they shouldn't obviously blood raven used his magical powers but you can imagine as a young boy. That he was running around in the Red Keep hearing conversations. He shouldn't. Brand does the same thing when he undercovers the secret about Jamie and Cersei. He finds them wrestling. Hello. They're both powerful sea- green seers. They are both related to the Blackwoods, although Brendan Rivers much more closely. And both of them were basically unlikely to ever inherit anything. If you follow Brand's life before the fall and, you know, the plot of the Song of Ice and Fire, it's a He dreamed about joining the Kingsguard. And trying to make it as a knight in the world because yeah, there were no lands coming to him and there were none coming to Brendan either. They both would have had to make whatever future they were going to have because unlike Rob or Darren, who are were, who were going to be given everything, both of them were going to be second sons on the outside looking in. So that's kind of, you can use a little bit of brand's luck to inform what blood ravens may have been like. So in particular, there are no weirwoods in King's Landing. Their godswood just has a bunch of random trees. I think they have an oak tree, which often stands in for weirwoods where they can't grow but obviously there's the big great one in raven tree hall there are numerous ones out in the world especially at places like storms and there's a bunch of castles that still have godswood heron hall blood raven's connections to the trees and the children you know didn't come from nowhere obviously at some point he would have contacted them before he went beyond the wall he was using warging and skin changing and possibly green seeing much younger in his life so you have to imagine, much like Bran, was Bloodraven getting visions of dreams of things yet to come? You know, was he hearing the whispers of the trees in his dreams and would have he been led to seek them out exactly like Bran is doing to him? It's quite possible that that's what have happened. You can imagine that as a youth, he probably went to Blackwood Vale and saw Raven Tree Hall. You know, go visit his mother, the rest of his family, take vacations, that kind of thing. Could also definitely could have gone to see the Isle of Faces. That's a pretty good possibility there. So when you're looking at how hard Bran is being pulled to the weirwood, you can imagine a similar thing happening to Bloodraven. Of course, he doesn't talk about it, and it's not on the page, but. The connections are there that you can probably dub some of Brand's life onto Brendan. And then obviously we have his time as Maynard Plum. Even at the height of his powers during the Mystery Night, when Bloodraven is pretty much as powerful as he will get in Westeros, Bloodraven would just go undercover using glamours to travel undetected among the common folk. He would essentially play it being a hedge knight, Just for funsies i mean obviously he had a mission to but it seems like blood raven's actually having fun being maynard plum that he enjoyed being able to take off his fame and his reputation and just be another person something he basically never would have had throughout his life celebrities are known for doing these kind of things where they actively try to not look like themselves blood raven has the advantage of being able to glamour and there's no reason to think that he hasn't done this many times that choosing different disguises and different glamours to hide his obviously distinctive appearance traveling the seven kingdoms scouting spying meeting his underlings without them knowing it's him and you know just being able to be himself out in the world i think that's one of the funny things about the mystery knight where if you read maynard plum he's not blood raven isn't trying to act like somebody else it's pretty natural so you can imagine while he puts on his lordly voice when he's talking to egg and dunk later this is that's probably what he was actually like raving having fun is kind of weird yeah it is a little weird because of what we know about him but clearly he was he was having fun being maynard plum so you can imagine he did that elsewhere because of his distinctive appearance you know, being an albino and the wine shaped thing and eventually losing his eye, you know, he couldn't just put on a cloak and go riding off into the Seven Kingdoms and nobody notice him. He's just dis- he's too distinctive. So using a glamour is how he probably would have done it. And this is probably pretty similar to Rhaegar. You can imagine We know about Rhaegar. He used to go to Summerhall. He used to take his harp and just sort of travel the world sometimes just for fun. So quite possible Bloodraven's doing the same. Never really thought about it before, but uh, wondering if visiting the Blackwoods is a cover story he used in King's Landing when traveling to the Riverlands undercover during the Mystery Night. Very possible. He He could have said, oh, I'm going to see my mom. And maybe he really did, but would then just disappear and a character like Maynard Plum comes out of nowhere. Just uh, another hedge knight traveling. Especially because Bloodraven is obviously keeping tabs on Dunk and Egg pretty heavily during this time. It seems he sort of got entranced with the idea. He just wanted to hang out with Dunk. There are other ways he could have gotten the White Walls. He didn't need to hang out with Dunk. He didn't need to stay with Egg. It appears that he did that on purpose. Not only because it helped him, but also because it was kind of fun. Yes, he also trolled a lot of people. Blood Raven's a notorious troll. So again, th- this is a definite opportunity for him to go home and go see the Blackwoods and go hang out at Raven Tree Hall or go see other weirds and stuff like that. Also, one thing to note about during the Mystery Night, among the River Lords that show up in force at White Walls behind Bloodraven, ready to kill all the traitors at the failed rebellion, it's Lord Blackwood with all of his troops. It shows that Bloodraven is not ignoring the other half of his lineage, and in fact, that he's trusting Lord Blackwood with this secret plan, and that and the whole operation to make sure that they stop this rebellion before it starts. And that's honestly a lot of trust he's putting in Lord Blackwood. We don't we don't really know his name at this point. I forget which one it would be. It's like Roger or Roland or something like that. He's unnamed during this time, but you know the Blackwoods and the rest of the Riverlords managed to sneak an entire army up the white walls with nobody noticed noted and blood raven running off doing maynard plund things. so he's obviously not in command they're being trusted to follow to follow the plan that he's setting out for them and that's pretty impressive so it shows that blood raven and the blackwoods at this time were like this who wouldn't want to hang out with dunk everyone wants to hang out with dunk everyone loves dunk he's a great guy Blood Raven too. He just takes the opportunity to go camping with Doug. Blood Ravens, grandfather, uncle, half-brother. It's hard to say. We don't really have a, a family tree at this time. We don't even know how there's like there's a Quentin Blackwood that was killed at a tourney. And then there's a the whole bunch of brothers and cousins. There's a lot of Blackwoods. They seem to have a lot of kids and a lot of cousins. So it's hard to say. But I think the biggest hint that Bloodraven kept good relations with the Blackwoods during this time and was actively in contact and trying to help them is a very curious part of the Raven Tree Godswood. There's a statue there to Melissa Blackwood. This is really unusual. We don't hear of any other statues at Raven Tree Hall. Honored Blackwoods, like Lucas Blackwood we see in the main story, are buried underneath the weirwood themselves, and that's kind of it. Sometimes there's nearby cairns and stuff like that, but there's no other statues that we know of at Raven Tree Hall, especially, uh, particularly of famous members of their family. Jamie certainly doesn't see any. Hoster Blackwood doesn't talk about it. So here's the quote. Lady Melissa Hoster confirmed. Missy, they called her. There's a statue of her in our godswood. She was much more beautiful than Barba Bracken, but slender. And Barba was heard to say that Missy was flat as a boy when King Aegon heard. he Jamie then cuts him off and goes like, yeah, yeah, I heard this whole story before. So if you're thinking about in terms of House Blackwood, who would have the money, the clout, the affection, and a reason for building a statue of particularly Missy? I think the obvious answer here is her extremely powerful and wealthy son, Brendan. Seems like the perfect candidate for doing this. You know, she was kind of an important figure of gossip in recent Blackwood history, but it's not like she's the most famous or more, most impressive member of the family. Certainly some like Black Alley or Agnes Blackwood are great heroes of the house. And there's also Ben Jekot, there's Red Rob Rivers. Missy is important because she relates the Bloodraven. That's, that's kind of it. We don't really know much about her, so it feels very likely that this statue was commissioned by Bloodraven in memory of his mother. And it feels very reminiscent of Lyanna's statue in the Winterfell crypts. You know, that Bloodraven is mourning her loss and honoring her with a statue remembering her of how he... Of the good times they had together when they were still in King's Landing. And it's in Blackwood Vale, which Bloodraven... As far as we know spent li- very little time and according to the canon sources so i think this is a sign that Bloodraven, raven during his time as hand of the king took a lot more interest in blackwood Vale than i think people realized that he and the blackwoods were in more contact he's a mama's boy yeah he is a mama's boy <laughs> who wouldn't who wouldn't be especially with somebody like missy blackwood she seems like a great mom so it's highly likely that during this whole time frame we're talking about blood raven's reign over westeros that the Blackwoods, who do not shun their bastard children, much like Northerners, they tend to try and make use of them. They treat them like mostly normal members of the family. Saw Blood Raven as kin and not someone to be ashamed of, especially as he rose in power and influence. You know, think of Red Rob Rivers and his proto Raven's teeth that were running around during the Dance of the Dragons and being an important part of the power structure with Benjikot and Black Alley's resistance in the Riverlands. It's quite possible the same relationship existed between Lord Blackwood at the time and Bloodraven. Yeah, it is cute. I think it's nice to see, to think about in terms of, if you're trying to think of Bloodraven as a person rather than just the magical puppet master of history, I think it's very sweet that he like ned would have a statue commissioned of a very dear member of his family that he lost at some point and then we just have the again we have blackwood and bracken fighting it out in their long history of struggles over stupid shit that's blood raven and uh bitter steel the whole big shebang is just a personalization of their history everything about it blood raven doesn't need money with the Green Seer abilities but he does have it he has a lot of money in his hand of the king he has access to all the royal wealth and he spends it so he's allowed so Yeah, I think he probably made that statue as a tribute to Melissa Blackwood. Which also, again, would show that he sort of thought of... uh raventry hall and blackwood vale as a home for him or a home away from king's landing otherwise he would have left it in king's landing right uh there's some other sort of drama-lamming stuff that happens during this time we talked about it at the otho bracken the brood of bracken previously killed lord quentin blackwood at attorney three years before ashton meadow this is in the the hedge knight quote goes the brown tent beneath the red stallion could only belong to Sir otho Bracken, who was called the brood of bracken since slaying lord quentin blackwood three words past." attorney at king's landing dunk heard that sir otho struck so hard with the blunted long axe that he stove in the visor of lord blackwood's helm in the face beneath it he saw some blackwood banners as well on the edge of the meadow as distant from sir otho as they could be also in the hedge knight otho refuses to help dunk as do the blackwoods i also think this is just kind of a fun thing that despite holding the old gods the blackwoods still take part in tourneys, they joust, they fight, all that other kind of stuff, despite not being, you know, anointed knights in the seven. And they're important enough to get away with it. Oh, a super chat from Kraken Queen, 50 PLN. No question, just thanks for the great content. Germ Geography. Thanks, Kraken Queen. Hang on a second. That was weird. My throat just completely dried up for some reason. After this... And during the sworn sword, it's noted that Otho stands who inherit Stonehenge and the Blackwoods have been aching for a reason to get uh, vengeance against him for the death of Lord Quentin. This is from the the sworn sword. It says the Blackwoods will never stomach the brood of Bracken as a neighbor. It means war. it will mean war. Dunk knew about the ancient enmity between the Blackwoods and Brackens. Won't their liege lord force a peace? Alas, said Septon, Sefton. Lord Tully is a boy of eight surrounded by women. River Run will do little and king aries will do less unless some maester writes a book about it the whole matter may escape his royal notice lord rivers is not like to let any brackens in to see him pray recall our hand was born half blackwood if he acts at all, it will only be to help his cousins bring the brute to bay. The mother marked Lord Rivers on the day that he was born, and Bittersteel marked him once again upon Redgrass Field. So, again, here we have an implication that most assume that Blood Raven is actively helping the Blackwoods as Hand of the King for uh, King Ares, that he sees them not as a weird footnote, but actual as cousins and family. That is assumed that he's going to help the Blackwoods, and he does. Oh. Another super chat from Maura Lee. Another fifty dollars. Well, Mora. Um, looking forward to House of the Dragon. All the content that will be produced and all the live chat discussions. Yeah, that's something I'm gonna be um ramping up. They got re- announced the other day, August twenty first. House of the Dragon. I've got some plans for content for stuff like that. Videos that I want to make, sort of like guides for season one. That are fun to make and hopefully you guys will enjoy it too. Kind of like condensed versions of these streams in a sense. So yeah. Oh, if there's. I put this on Patreon, but if there's any particular topics for like season one of House of the Dragon, you guys would want to hear about first for like for videos and guides to characters and stuff like that. Yeah, you know, throw it in the chat or let me know or whatever. I was thinking of doing them in terms of like different factions. So instead of like the Greens versus the Blacks, do them in in like smaller groups. So like. Rhaenyra's, oh, it's that, that, that's too large. Like the Valarians or the Strongs looking at the high towers, that kind of stuff. I don't know. It's still in the planning phases, but it's something I'm looking forward to do. The Strong single? Me too. How dare they? How dare they destroy something so perfect? Not a lot of news from me. People got really excited about that announcement, but it was just like, it was a date and then a bunch of set pictures. I was like, okay. I thought about doing a video about it, but I thought the community post was about my level of interest. It's, it's just a date, it's not a trailer or anything, so there's nothing really new to learn. I guess that Viserys has the dagger, but obviously they already did, because had it in the previous trailer, so doesn't really tell you anything it didn't come from nowhere when allison hold it held it in that one scene it was pre-existing so i kind of talked about that one already <laughs> oh yeah these are the names of the blackwoods at the time that were at ashford meadow bennifer robert roland and roger blackwood if the village hero the upcoming duncan egg story is set at Penny Tree, we may see these guys again bennifer robert Ro- roland and roger may also see melissa blackwood she could still be alive during this time we don't know when she died when that happened bloodraven could show up as well and since we're talking about it betha blackwood so (laughs) let's get on to one of the things that makes people think that bloodraven was actively helping the blackwoods during his time as hand of the king and the number one among those is black betha blackwood during his time as Hand of the King, he takes it seriously to help out his cousins. Although many assume that the the story about Bloodraven during this time is that his eye is set on Essos, that all he cares about is Bittersteel and he's ignoring everything else. Of course, as Maynard Plum, Blood Raven kind of rolls his eyes at that idea. And it's fair to say that he is... Yes, he that's his main focus, but it's not his only focus. He has a lot of um, plates he's spinning, more or less. Again, among them is arranging potentially fruitful marriages for the Blackwoods. That He's going out of his way, it seems, to make sure that the members of his other house are benefiting from his influence and power. So, first one, again, Beth of Blackwood. It's unknown how or when this happened. Well, we kind of know when. Okay, so how or where it happened. But the young prince Aegon, aka Egg from Duncan Egg, he somehow meets and falls for Betha Blackwood, who's a cousin to Brendan Rivers. she They get married at when she is nineteen years old. I forget how old Dunk is. I mean, how old Egg is, but very young. And it's implied in the text that the marriage was for love not an overtly political alliance. Like, Bloodraven did not order Egg to marry Betha. The story goes that they met each other, and it's a mutual affection kind of marriage, rather than a political one. We know this especially because uh, Eggs Egg's son Duncan later cites his own parents' marriage as a reason that he should not have to give over his life to marrying the Baratheon girl, basically, that he wants to marry his his Jenny, his Jenny of Old Stones, and it's like, you guys married for love, why can't I? And Egg and Betha just kind of go like, uh, yeah, kind of got us there. <laughs> it's, it's very likely that Egg and Betha were not consciously making an alliance between the Blackwoods and the Targaryens, especially because when they were married, Egg was like 10th in line or something crazy like that. Nobody thought he would end up on the Iron Throne, so... It didn't really matter for them. And it wasn't an arranged marriage or anything like that. But one thing to keep in mind is that because just because they don't think it was a political alliance, doesn't mean that Blood Raven doesn't see it the same way. Basically, that it's totally within Blood Raven's abilities to suggest to Egg that maybe he goes to certain places or dunk as well, knowing that Betha will be there. Or just members of the Blackwood family hoping that and the two of them get along very very possible very easy to pull off you don't have to be a super mystical puppet master you know master of magic to get the idea that two teenagers may hit it off if you get them in the same room and that's kind of what ends up happening with dunk with egg and betha the theory i have about when this would happen is probably during the village hero this is the upcoming Duncan egg story that george has been talking about for a long time alongside the she-wolves of winterfell it's very likely that egg will be a lot more grown up during this time frame perhaps you know 17 18 19 right around the age when he later marries betha blackwood and if the idea that i have that the village hero may be a penny tree Would be the perfect setting for it because as we talked about penny tree is beneath it is in between the teats which is in between the blackwood and bracken lands it would make a lot of sense if george wants to take all these different characters that he's put time into developing like Otho Bracken and the different Blackwoods, Betha Blackwood, this whole rivalry and put it on the page as something that Duncan and Egg get involved in, especially because there's a larger thematic resonance to the, the fight between the two houses, that it's not just a, a petty squabble between two houses fighting over lands. It's kind of a, an allegory for the larger story that the, that the Blackwoods and the Brackens spend so much of their time and energy on each other that it distracts them from other things, which is, again, the example of Benedict Justman, that the one time the two houses got out of their own way and united under one leader, all of a sudden, they take over the Riverlands like it's nothing. And the Justmans end up having a stable, pretty fair rule. I mean, they're called the Justmans, so that's kind of how it goes. And it's sort of like how the humans relate to the others, that the infighting within Westeros, that the way the characters fight each other is largely what the others are taking advantage of that they don't really have to try and kill everyone in westeros because they're killing each other they're not ready because there's they're not united they, they don't know how to be united they have all these long histories of fights between them and that's i think that would be why george would want to put the village hero in penny tree and show us more of the black wooden bracket you know rivalry i think that would make it pretty good is Cregan stark alive when the mystery night happens good question i don't remember if a Cregan was alive. The She-Wolves of Winterfell, though, is takes place after the Mystery Night, and it will be Duncan Egg going north to Winterfell. And Actually, yeah, I think Cregan would... i uh, He'll definitely be dead, the She-Wolves of Winterfell. I don't know if he's dead during the Mystery Night, because the She-Wolves is basically about all of Cregan's children and grandchildren and ex-wives and widows all fighting each other over control of Winterfell with, with not a clear succession going on. Very much a court drama between a whole bunch of different families trying to say, we're the real Starks. Though this whole thing about Betha Blackwood marrying Egg is often brought up as sort of proof that Blood Raven has been trying to get Egg on the throne all along. That he got Betha and Egg to marry authentically in their minds. So it wouldn't look, it wouldn't look like a, an alliance, right? It's, it's a way of, getting a royal marriage without getting a royal marriage nobody can accuse him of essentially manipulating or abusing his power by getting a prince married to a member of his family because they did it on their own and that's 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 kind of part of the theory the other part of it goes that after getting egg and betha to marry each other then Bloodraven goes to work and effectively kills or removes everyone in front of egg to make him king i still don't quite get that one How would he know ahead of time that Egg should be king, especially when he wanted Eamon? Like, so he put in all this work and decades of killing and removing Targaryens and moving people out of the line of succession. And then he offers it all to Eamon who then turns it down. And it's like, oh, well, I guess we'll give it to Egg then. That kind of thing. I don't know. I don't particularly like that whole Bloodraven is manipulating the the succession in the family tree of the Targaryens specifically to get him on the throne. It may have just been like an opportunity thing, like, well, he's the best available after Aemon, I guess, and that's who he went for, but I am yet to be convinced by that particular theory in line of. But there are parts of it that ring true. Obviously, the Bloodraven is a long-term thinker and makes moves years ahead of time and likes helping the Blackwoods as the other half of his family, and that... He has a very ends justify the means sort of approach to how he does things that uh, he's willing to be a monster if it will save the realm in a sense I guess I guess it has to do with like prophecy and stuff like that like if he became convinced or knew from visions that from egg and betha the azor ahai will be reborn or something like that even then i have problems with those ideas because everybody that thinks that is wrong pretty much or they totally get the circumstances mixed up it's the sword without the hilt so it'd be weird if blood raven's the one that gets it it'd be much more in line with his character if he had plans for somebody else and by accident he arrived at oh actually it's egg and betha but i didn't like he wasn't trying to do that all along plus it would mean that basically <laughs> he would be like th- there was nothing wrong with what's his name Baylor breakspear or his or makar or anything like that it's like i don't know and then there's also mystical bloodlines where people are like well you know he has blackwood and targaryen and dane and all this stuff and this makes him like a superhero it's like all right maybe i guess doesn't show up for a few generations. Yeah, I'm not in I'm not in the blame blame for wow. Blame blood raven camp, but I can definitely see where it's coming from. He's the kind of character that could and it seems awfully convenient that Betha and Egg just happen to marry. So going back to Betha Blackwood herself, she later becomes queen consort as Egg is eventually crowned king Aegon V after the great council. And as such, as I was just saying, all the Targaryens afterwards are Blackwoods by blood. The royal line, the royal line afterwards, is basically all incest. I think all the way down to Daenerys. So, the, if you go back and you look through their family tree, the two most recent lines not- to marry into the royal family are the Danes and Blackwoods. Which means that Danny and John are both obviously Danes and Blackwoods, although distantly. I think it's like three or four generations away from the, the Blackwoods and like four or five away from the Danes. And John is equally far and then even further on the stark side from the blackwoods um not really sure and betha herself seems like an interesting character and somebody that seems like george is setting himself up to write about because she's the kind of character he likes writing about She's described as spirited, willful, stubborn. She has dark hair and dark eyes, much like the Blackwoods. The name Black Betha comes from having black hair and black eyes. She sounds a lot like Arya, you know, Black Alley, Liana Stark. She sounds like, ooh, what's her name? God, I can't remember her name. Asha Greyjoy. All these kind of similar sorts of characters she that George likes writing about. So I wouldn't be shocked if we do see Betha Blackwood on the page in The Village Hero because yeah, George likes, likes that kind of character. And it works with the general naming scheme of those characters. Aria, Ali, Liana. Well, actually, no, it doesn't work for Betha. What the fuck am I saying? Wow, that was weird. Yeah, ignore what I just said about the names making sense. All those other names are the same, but Beth does nothing like them. Although he does like using the modifier, one of his main POVs from a different story is Into the Lost Lands, where the character is named Gray Alice, where she's basically a sorceress and skin changer. That, you know, does some interesting things. So the idea that he's creating characters that are similar in naming structures and similar in characteristics is not surprising. He reuses everything. But the other marriage that I think Blood doesn't get enough credit for is Melantha, Blackwood, and the Starks. So Betha gets all the headlines, but yeah, this is the other power marriage that was made between the Blackwoods and the and another major family during this time. It's her uh, Lord Willem Stark. He marries Melantha Blackwood. Melantha is another famous favorite name of Germs. She's the n- main character in Uh Melantha Ural Jural. I don't know how to pronounce it. I had to probably watch that show to figure out. Melantha and Willem's son Edwil marries Morna Locke. And Edwile is notably Eddard Stark's grandfather. So, much like the Targaryens, after Melantha marries Will, all the Starks afterwards are Blackwoods by Blood, although they're quite far removed at that point. It's like four generations, I think, for Bran, maybe five. It's quite a ways down, but, you know, they are destiny-related. What that means, who knows? Magical Blood is one of those maybe it does stuff sort of thing in song of ice and fire although for sure this if you wanted to believe that this certainly could explain the explosion of skin changers in the starks recently not just the entire generation that all are powerful skin changers but it's also quite likely that brandon and liana were skin changers as well you know there's hint that they were had latent powers that they had a real affinity for animals but in particular horses a lot of people have read into that that George is essentially winking at you that it's not just this generation, it was the last generation, too. They just didn't have wolves. Or they didn't have dire wolves to use their powers on. And obviously, Eddard as well. And since John is actually not Eddard's son, it's a more proof again that the previous generation is, we're all skin changers too. If you wanted to keep going back, the implication is that maybe it was Melantha Blackwood marrying into the Stark line that introduced the skin changers back into them or reinfused it. Because obviously, Blood Raven is about the same distance away. And he's like the most powerful skin changer in Green Seer for hundreds of years. So. It would make sense if there's something floating around there. Also, a weird fact, daughter Jocelyn marries a Benedict Royce, which means looking into the veil, the Royces are also Blackwoods and they are also Starks. Although Benedict was the younger son of Lord Royce, so it's unclear where it went. This is that... Moment, uh, if you guys remember, where Catelyn Stark basically goes, Well, we could maybe find some Starks in the Vale or something like that. They all came from this one girl, Jocelyn, who married into the Royces and then jocelyn all had daughters and they all married into the wainwoods and the templetons or something she's a little vague on the history there but this is that same family tree she uses it to be like oh they're all starks but it's it works the same way there's a lot of blackwood blood that has found its way into the veil if not for magical skin changer reasons just for like claims reasons but of course it would be through female lines and so we would really care unfortunately but they are there yeah Blackwood alley also a second wife but it's a sort of a long term thing that the Starks and Blackwoods have been marrying a lot anyway. So I think that one kind of goes under the radar that it's like, well, they, they might have just married on their own. It definitely it comes up during A Song of Ice and Fire proper that they're looking for somebody to marry Danella Hornwood. And I think it's suggested by Mr. Lewin that one of the Blackwoods could be a possible match for her. Which is like, yeah, that would be a good one. The Starks and the Blackwoods have married many times in their past. Not just, they didn't just start with Cregan and Black Alley. It's been a long-term thing between them. So their families are relatively closely related compared to like other major houses. Like there's no history of the Starks and Lannisters marrying as far as I know. But the Blackwoods and the Starks have overlapped quite a few times. Favorite crack theory is that Ned's skin changed a pigeon and occasionally crapped on Cersei's head. Now, if he skin changed to a pigeon, could he also have skin changed into Widow's Whale and Oathkeeper? Can he be in three places at once? Oh my god. It's just a weird detail that George is like, he's detailing in pretty good, in pretty blatant terms that like, it's not just like the Targaryens going everywhere and the Sark's going everywhere. He's like making sure to tell us what the Blackwood have married out quite far into westeros so we've got not enough time god damn it only got 10 minutes left and i wanted to start talking about titus but i have like four pages on titus Ugh. well that's just annoying i got way too wrapped up talking about blood raven and Beth of blackwood and stupid maiden vault and all that stuff and now i can't finish my owl. so i guess we're doing part four i joked about it like Maybe that will happen, but I I think it might actually just have to happen now. Gonna have to do another stream. Sometimes, sometimes, people get annoyed at George for taking so long for writing, because it's like, why can't you just finish what you started? Why do things keep ballooning outwards on you? Why do you, why can't you just stick to the topic? And then I do this. It's like, I kind of get it. You just sort of keep going, and you keep rolling down this... One little path, and, and all of a sudden, a stream that should have covered two topics covers, like, barely one. Man, I was so sure I was doing this in one stream today. Remember I did the first one, and I was like, oh, I can do all of this in maybe one. And I was like, all right, now it's two, now it's three, now it's four. Jesus Christ. How did the five-year gap, how did a three, how did a trilogy turn into six or seven books? How could that possibly happen? I say to myself, as I literally do it oh boy yeah it's Germesk shit i'm sure i could have cut some of this down did i really need to do like 20 minutes on the maiden vault maybe not did i have to go so hard talking about bitter steel yeah kind of i guess talking about blood raven and his and missy's statue i don't know yeah i think i did have to do it or I wanted to do it <laughs> so i guess that's what we're doing i guess we're gonna do another stream and that's how it goes because yeah there's another four pages of notes here we're We're literally not into the main books. we still haven't gotten to the main books. We have not even talked about Eidos Blackwood or he has literally not shown up in this stream like chronologically unbelievable only look, only one more not doing five streams on the blackwoods that's that's not happening i did yeah I did talk about the teats for quite a bit. That's fair. That was my own fault I got. I got wrapped up in a, in a big pair of teats. How could I? Okay, that's what we're doing. I'm just gonna slowly sink down in shame. I'm not, I'm not sitting up straight anymore. This is this is just my life. Talking for eight hours about a family who has. Hang on a second. Let me let me load up a search of Ice and Fire. How many mentions do they get in the main series? We're gonna look up the name Blackwood as I continue to sink. The name Blackwood is only mentioned 59 times in the five published books eight hours later. <laughs> More teats, please? Uh, this ain't OnlyFans. You can go find them. How many streams do the Strongs get? Oh, like five? That's a good question. <laughs> did I do on the Strongs? I think at this point you could call these streams indulgent. I think that's, that's where we're at. So let's see. Lara Strong robert strong luca Moore, the lusty harwin strong alice rivers so five i did on the strong so far plus the one i did back in the day with amanda let me do a poll real fast <laughs> there we go yeah i already have the outline that's true oh that's right ingrid k2 okay, she's walking through the woods listening to me ramble on about a fictional fair fictional fairy uh fictional family of raven Love and weirdos blackwoods are mentioned 33 times in dunk egg yeah most of it's in passing like it's like mentioning that they exist on the day the gorgeous pothos is going to take over your screen here's to seven more i have to keep cutting that thing this thing just does not stop growing it used to go down to the ground off oh, the kings right into the weeds oh yeah i oh This reminds me, there was a, I forget who, if this was during my last stream, or if this was like Twitter or something like that, but somebody asked me about Alice Rivers, and I was like, I wonder if she's a Blackwood. I bet she's like half strong, half Blackwood, because she certainly has the Blackwood look, right? She has the dark hair and the dark eyes, and the definite witchiness to her, which is part of the Strong's, but it's definitely part of the Blackwood's, like and the name too alice rivers there's a lot of alisanes and alleys in the blackwood family painting cute little mushrooms amazing amazing stuff they're mentioned quite a bit in fire and blood they get a lot of playtime, especially during the dance of the dragons but not during season one most likely oh we didn't get to uh you guys not slammed the like button enough so you know we're gonna do it anyway we're doing it live we'll give away a shirt anyway get us up to 100 likes though just slam that like button if you haven't yet and uh, we're gonna do a giveaway i'm gonna do it in preparation Don't, don't, don't hit the 10 option in the poll. Four is very reasonable. It reminds me of that famous story about somebody asked George on stage about how many books in A Song of Ice and Fire there would be. And he said something like six. It's definitely going to be six. And then his uh, wife Paris is in the front row and she held up seven's fingers. And it was just like, yeah, it would make sense. Uh, The proximity to the Strongs and to the Blackwoods. You know, I think that would. So we're going to do a keyword here so what are we gonna make it there we go type the word indulgent in chat and you'll be entered to win a free show magician t-shirt <laughs> and in the chat if you guys are listening to this back please make sure to leave a guess on how many blackwood streams i'm gonna end up doing there's they don't show up that much in a song of ice and fire proper it cannot be more than one right is this the clip that i'm gonna that's gonna haunt me for like another two weekends please no <laughs> Live to regret this, right? Right? It's not gonna happen. I definitely won't regret that. It's not foreshadowing of my eventual demise into just becoming a motto Blackwood channel. It's it's not gonna happen, right? Yeah. Although somebody on Reddit said something where they were like, "Take off my wizard hat" or something. It was a it was a long comment about how I think I talk about fantasy too much, just like it's a fantasy story. But also like clearly I am low on self control. It's not one of my virtues. I will not live to regret it. Definitely not. I am not making my own doom prophecy. I bet I could do a whole stream just talking about how I think Blood Raven is not behind everything and that I would hate myself because I don't like talking about disproving things as much as I like talking about stuff that I think. Have you not, might as well change the schedule now. The spooky tree logo is basically a Blackwood sigil. It's pretty close, actually. It's supposed to be a hybridization of the Blackwoods, the Starks, and the... What is it? The sigil of Gondor, because it was a weird theory I had back in the day. That's where it came from. I told Mallory to make a mashup of all these things and she came up with the the weirwood tree with the, what was Dunk, Blackwoods, Starks, and the White Tree of Gondor. It was all of them into one because I thought that was cool. Was it? Perhaps. (laughs) Let's see here. I'll give it another two minutes. So it's 4.03, it's 401 at 403. I'm going to go ahead and roll this last chance. Go ahead and type indulgent in, cl- in chat if you want to win yourself a free t-shirt from my Threadless shop. And you too can hone your own weird spooky tree logo, which is made up of like four different others in a very fan fictiony or the wizard hat. Where is it? Hang on a second. I don't even know why I was wearing headphones. I can't hear anything. I don't have the monitor on. It will not be my fault. That's all I know. Definitely not my fault. <laughs> oh, Grey Waste Tim's yours is similar to? Yeah, it's changed. It used to be your face, I think. I can't really see what it is. Looks like some kind of Shade of Evening or something like that. I do like talking about the Blackwoods. I also like talking about the uh, Strongs. Only they could come together in a perfect way. <laughs> but I don't think I fix any plot holes. <laughs> I just ramble on about random lore and Weird theories and stuff like that, while wearing a foolish hat. All right, two more people, two more people, hit the like button. Do it for the next weirwood stream, blackwood stream. That's what I meant to say. I've also done like three about weirwoods. At this point, it's just like other parts of the story don't exist to me. Apparently, actually, Aaron made fun of me on Twitter. I was talking about the show House of the Dragon. I made a joke about how I thought it was trash because there were no strongs in the photos. And I was like. They will bend their will to my weird obsession with these minor characters, <laughs> the Strongs and the Blackwoods, or else the show will be trash. I'm going to tweet about it so much. Apparently the Alice Rivers half-strong, half-Blackwood has been accepted, headcanon real. Alright, cool. At least I did something with this stream. Alright, there we go. Let's go ahead and roll this. You got 16 people. There you go. Jess Britvic. So send me a, send me a thing on Gmail at askjoemagician at gmail.com. Or you can send me uh, a DM on Twitter. I'll go ahead and send you a code where you can just go ahead and, I mean, I say this every time. It's not actually a t-shirt. It's just $20 off whatever you want to buy. If you want to buy a bunch of stickers, totally up to you. Or if you want $20 off a sweet blanket or uh God, I think there's like notebooks and stuff. There's a whole lot of stuff in there. I think there's socks. Oh, and there's the famed asswaffle leggings. (laughs) Those ones always make me laugh. (laughs) Yes, go ahead and send me a message, and I'll send you that stuff. Isn't it interesting, after my little breakdown about how I'm going to have to do another Blackwood stream, my demeanor has totally changed? uh, I think I was, like, kind of tense, because I was trying to get through too much in one stream and just knew I wouldn't, and I was basically ignoring you guys, too, so... asswaffle t-shirt, that's right. Leggings are pretty good. The mugs... You can also get yourself a spooky tree mug. It looks pretty good. The only thing I don't like is you can see in certain lights that it's a sticker underneath, but at least it sticks on. Um, The, the artwork's not on the outside, it's underneath a layer, so it doesn't come off when you wash it. Even though I I do hand wash this, because I have destroyed many mugs in my lifetime. Streams is reasonable. God, what else is on my shop? Hang on. Gym Magician, not threadless.com. Stickers, mugs, bags, magnets. I forgot there are mag- Oh, the magnets! For some reason, they wouldn't update for a while. Buttons, phone cases. I don't think anybody's ordered a phone case yet. That's one. Mounted acrylic prints, shower curtains, duvets, blankets, throw pillows. Throw pillows? Hello. Basically, when you, I don't, you guys probably don't know this. When you make a threadless shop, you just upload the one image and then basically it allows you to put it on a whole bunch of merchandise they already put up. So it's no effort for me to put it, I just like click a button. There's a whole lot of stuff here. Tapestries, you can have a wall tapestry of ass waffles if you want, throw pillows, baby body suits. I forgot there was baby stuff. (laughs) Is the peach in the right spot for the ass waffle leggings? Let's take a look, I forgot. Hang on a sec, (laughs) let me move this so you guys can see it. We're gonna do a, I'm gonna look at my screen. There we go, okay. So these are the ass (laughs) waffles. They do kind of stop in an unfortunate spot right there. And on the back side... Yeah, it's it's hard to make them line up perfectly. I tried for hours, me and Mallory tried to do it, I couldn't do it. But look at how cool you could look. And are there pajamas? Maybe? These are basically pajamas, they're so ridiculous. <laughs> We're gonna end this stream. I have, I have lost control of my life at this moment. Spooky tree is still in transit, yeah. Not on the ass, sadly, yeah. I tried to make it so that the ass waffle would just be on both cheeks but you have to make it work with different sizes so there's different where the fabric ends depends on the size of clothing that somebody buys so you can't actually just make it line up really perfectly without a ton of effort which I don't have need to add bum bags absolutely yeah that's right so I had to there are some I had to personally do like the leggings but a lot of them it just sort of it copy pasted them and did it for me. I wish there were leggings. I mean, pajamas. That'd be pretty sweet. All right. Well, I think we're gonna we're gonna wrap it here because I just showed you guys pictures of leggings for a while, and I have totally lost the ability to talk seriously about the blackwood. So. We'll end it here. We'll do another stream, and I think we're actually going to do it next weekend because I have to work in two weekends. So if we do it next weekend, I think that will reset it correctly so I don't have, like, a weird three-week gap, which is what I do now. But, yeah, I think it's going to be next weekend. It'll, probably, it'll be on the Blackwoods again because I am indulgent and lost control of my life. I'll see you guys later. Hope you guys enjoy the rest of your Saturday and the rest of your weekend. And, yeah, go annoy people talking about...